0: The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, on this fourth Sunday of Advent, the church speaks to us of the most important of the Advent characters. The last couple of weeks, we've been hearing from Isaiah the prophet and from John the Baptist, both telling us to prepare the way of the Lord, to make ready for his coming. Now on this fourth Sunday, as we're getting very close to Christmas, we hear from Mary, the mother of God, the one who is herself the vessel through which Christ will come into the world. The early church fathers often made a comparison between Mary, the mother of the church, and Eve, the mother of all the living. In fact, they said that Mary is the new Eve, the one who undoes the damage that was done by Eve. Therefore, to understand the importance of Mary and her significance as an Advent figure, we have to look a little bit at the story of Adam and Eve. Go back to that familiar tale from the book of Genesis. God placed our first parents in a garden and gave them practically free reign to eat of all the fruit of all the trees of the garden, except for one. I think in our tradition, so much stress has been placed on the prohibition, the one tree they can't eat from, that we overlook the importance of the permission. Adam and Eve are given permission to enjoy the garden completely. Our God wants us to be fully alive. I've often quoted to you, from St. Irenaeus, the church father, who said, the glory of God is a human being fully alive. God wants us flourishing. And so the garden, this field of the Lord, I think stands for art and literature and science and sports and business, all the things that make life rich and wonderful. That's what God wants for us. So, What about that prohibition? Why does the Lord say, but you must not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Well, Christians, one thing we know is how not to read that prohibition. Because we hear in the book of Genesis precisely how the devil interprets it. Remember, the serpent comes to Adam and Eve. He says, I know why God does not want you to eat of that tree. Because if you do, you'll be like him. Knowing good and evil in other words God is jealous of you God does not want you to be fully alive In fact, he's a rival and if you eat of this tree, you'll be like him and he will resent it Therefore you must grasp from him lest he dominate you You know, this is as old as that Greek myth of Prometheus. Do you remember the gods on Mount Olympus? have this great gift of fire, and they don't want us to have it. But Prometheus climbs Mount Olympus, and he steals the fire from the gods, and he spreads it out on the earth. Of course, the gods are angry, and they arrest him, and they punish him for eternity. There is the old myth that the gods are rivals to us, competitors to us. This is precisely what the serpent says to Adam and Eve. You must grasp, lest you be dominated by God. You must take what God does not want to give to you. Christians, that's the wrong interpretation. That's the devil's interpretation. Well, how should we read it? Why does God say you must not eat of this tree? Three musicians can help us here. I came across this in a number of interviews. One with Daniel Barenboim, the conductor of the Chicago Symphony. The second with John Coltrane, probably the greatest of the jazz saxophonists. The third with Eric Clapton, one of the greatest guitarists in rock and roll. All three of these very different musicians said the same thing. We make the most beautiful music precisely when the instrument plays us. It's terrific, isn't it? It's wonderful. All three of those people, Barron, Boyne, Coltrane, Clapton, all three of them, Are great masters of their respective instruments. They have studied, they have practiced, they've done all they can do to master the instrument. But at the end of all their striving, they allow themselves to be carried. They allow themselves to be drawn beyond what they can accomplish, what they can achieve. And at that moment, Their music is the most glorious and the most beautiful. You know, two people playing tennis, they're in control of their game, they've practiced, they know what to do, but they'll say this, the game really takes off when tennis plays us. They're taken somewhere where they are not able to go on their own steam. How about two people who, in the wonderfully descriptive phrase, fall in love. Two people meet, and they assess one another. They size each other up as best as they can, using all of their skills and powers. But we all know, at the end of the day, if they're really meant for each other, they fall in love. In other words, something takes them beyond where they can go on their own. Friends, the best things in life Come to us when, at the end of our striving, we are ready to receive a gift. Can I say that again? The best things in life come to us when, at the end of what we can accomplish, we are ready to accept a gift. Why does God say, you must not eat of that tree? Not because he's keeping something from them. That's the old false myth. But rather, he wants them to be fully alive. That will happen only when they accept a gift. What's the original sin? The original sin is grasping what was meant to be received. That's the original sin. And from that has come all of the suffering of the human race that we grasp at the gifts that God wants to give us. Now, with that background, let's look at this story from the Gospel of Luke the story of the Annunciation. Mary hearing the voice of the angel. Listen. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Upon arriving, the angel said to her, Rejoice, O full of grace. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Notice something first about this scene, the way the angel addresses her. And, of course, it's in our prayer, the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace. Grazia in Latin just means a gift freely given. Mary is addressed as someone who is apt to receive gifts. She's full of grace. She's someone who's ready to receive. What's the problem with Adam and Eve? Is they grasped at God. They grasped at him. Mary is full of grace, ready to receive gifts. The angel tells her, you are to be the mother of the Son of God. Notice Mary's question then. Well, how is this possible? For I do not know man. Is there anything uncurious about Mary? Has she put her mind to rest? Obviously not. Mary here is full of a good, curious question. How is this possible? Her mind, in other words, is alive. It's lit up. God wants his people fully alive. He wants us using all of our powers. And here is Mary using her powers of mind. But then the angel tells her something, listen, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. He's speaking now in the cadences and language that I was using in the first part of this talk. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Mary you are going to be taken somewhere where you cannot go on your own. God is not trying to put you down, suppress you, but God is trying to elevate you to a place where you could not go on your own. The Holy Spirit of God will overshadow you. The power of the Most High will come upon you. Here is the language of grace. Here is the language that all of us baptized are meant to hear. At the end of the day you must allow yourself to be carried. Do you remember at the end of the Gospel of John, St. Peter is talking to the risen Christ. Jesus says to him, When you were a young man, you tied your own belt, and you went where you wanted to go. But when you are an old man, someone else will tie you up and take you where you do not want to go. Terrific. It's terrific. When you were a young man, you ran your own life. On your own terms, seeing things according to your own perceptions. Good, nothing wrong with that. God wants us fully alive. But, but, Peter, when you're an old man, somebody else will tie you up. The somebody else is the Lord God. The somebody else is the Holy Spirit that will overshadow you and overpower you and take you where you could not go on your own. One of the great spiritual masters said, the heart of the spiritual life is knowing that your life is not about you. Take that home this week, this month. Meditate on that phrase. The spiritual life is knowing that your life is not about you. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Mary is willing, she's allowing herself to be carried. Listen now as the angel goes on. Elizabeth, your kinswoman, who was thought to be sterile, is now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Soren Kierkegaard, the great philosopher, said, faith is a passion for the impossible. A passion for the impossible. It doesn't mean for the irrational. It means a willingness to entertain that which my mind can't grasp on its own. It's a willingness to think out of the box to look at a possibility beyond possibility it's a willingness if you will for adventure elizabeth your kinswoman who was thought to be sterile is now in her sixth month things that you never dream possible are possible through the power of god when you allow your mind and your will and your imagination to be carried where they can't go on their own Here, Mary, is the paradigm of Advent faith. A passion for the impossibly great things that God wants to accomplish in and through us. Of course, we all know how this great story ends, this beautiful account of the Annunciation, which, by the way, has been painted written about sculpted so often in the christian tradition it's one of the favorite stories of artists and poets mary says let it be done to me according to thy word eve grasped she took she seized mary says to the alluring power of the holy spirit let it be done to me. This is not passivity. This is not suppressing her powers. Rather, I would say it is an acquiescence to adventure. Christians, Advent is all about adventure. We're waiting for the arrival of the Son of God. We must be willing to be taken by the Son of God where we cannot go on our own. Acquiescence to adventure. That's the undoing of eve that's the heart of the christian story god bless i hope that you were moved today by the word on fire i pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for god and neighbor here in chicago and wherever these words are heard until we join father Barron again next week i'm cardinal francis george god bless you to purchase copies of the word on fire Call 847-297-4360. That's 847-297-4360.